Hi, it's Jasmine. You know, that girl who did you know what way before the internet ever existed. Join me and my special guest every week as we talk about anything and everything because nothing is too taboo. So punch your ticket and get on board the crazy train with me, Jasmine Saint Clair. All aboard! Right. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I'm so sorry about the delay. I swear, like these technology things are just so wrong. I I, I don't get it anymore. I just don't. No, no problem. No problem. It gave me time to eat my sandwich and make me a a good cup of coffee. (laughs) That's the thing. I don't understand. Like, how do you have time to do anything? Because besides wrestling, you have this tattoo business. I want to know about that. Like, why did you start tattooing? Were you in jail or something? Uh, well, yeah, I've been to jail, but I didn't, my love for tattooing didn't start in jail. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> um, now, I've like, um, since I was like a little kid, I've always been like enamored with tattoos. Um, I actually saw a lady in the grocery store when I'm like 11 and she was like covered from like her neck down. And I was like, oh man, she's beautiful. Like I want to be just like her when I grow up. And, um, then like come to find out, like she was a tattooer and, uh, like local to town and stuff. And, um, like fast forward, you know, like 20 years later, now me and her are friends (laughs) and, uh, now I have this whole, uh, life and the whole look based off because I met this lady in the grocery store when I was 11. (laughs) You could tell when there's some people who have the tattoos because they really love them and it's something meaningful. Then you get like the guys with the beards that have them that can't even change a freaking tire for God's sake. Can you differentiate (laughs) from those? (laughs) like oh these guys have all these cool camping tattoos but like couldn't skin a buck to save their lives <laughs> exactly it's, I, I gotta learn how to do that by the way like I'm not up I'm not up on that part of it yet but change attire yes I can do that now with wrestling the first time I saw you you're covered in blood so <laughs> it's this whole thing where I wasn't around all this before you know, right. now it's all this deathmatch wrestling. Do you ever see yourself deathmatch wrestling or is this something you started with? I definitely didn't uh, start out doing deathmatch wrestling just because like it wasn't um, it wasn't as big of uh, of a scene when I first started. And girls especially weren't doing deathmatches um, whenever I first started wrestling. Uh, and plus, like I came from um, a my background is Brazilian jiu-jitsu and catch wrestling. So, you know, like busting light tubes over people's heads wasn't really like the angle that I was going for um, to say, you know, like per se, but uh, definitely it's something that I've gravitated towards in my later years. Um, I don't know. It's just it's something about like bleeding on people and making people bleed. It just makes you feel alive. And uh that's probably like, that's probably like the realest, uh, the realest I can get about that. <laughs> that's so funny because years ago, a friend of mine was pitching a reality show and I knew these guys, they were in a bike club and they wanted to, um, they're like, yeah, man, we, we should do this or something. That'd be cool. We'd want to do a show like on how we go around collecting money. Okay, great. So 
one of them who just got out of jail man i'm addicted to violence so when you say it just like that i i really like when people just authentic and real because hey you know it's there why do you think there's such a fascination with blood um you know i think it's uh it just boils down to something real simple red makes green <laughs> yeah that's true you're the second person that said that it's it's a very um scary thought in a way do you think there's a specific reason why fans have uh like they could sit out there in the crowd and want to see the violence and the blood is it because they're too chicken shit maybe to do it themselves or people just like to see people being hurt i don't know man i feel like death matches are the closest you can get to watching a snuff film uh <laughs> you know um for, for some people, you know, like they go to their regular like nine to fives and stuff. And, you know, they don't have that sense of excitement. And then they get to go watch deathmatch wrestling and, or even just like a regular wrestling show. It doesn't even have to be crazy deathmatches. But just like that little bit that helps them escape their reality, I feel like. Um, I feel like that's like the main draw, you know? And then like, obviously like the crazier, the better, because then you have these different aspects that you would never get in your normal daily nine to five life. You know, like my sister, she tells me like my, okay. So side, side story. My sister's yeah. a rocket scientist. Okay. So Thanksgiving's like real fucking awkward around my house. Like my sister's a rocket scientist and like she works for the government and shit. And so like, she tells me like that she lives like vicariously through me you know because of all of like the weird wrestling stuff that i get to do and i'm like man i would like to live vicariously through you and just like show up every day and go to like have like a routine and shit and like you know like have like a normal life but then like i really like sit back and i think about that and i'm like dude i i, I would never last in that shit like ugh, dude having somebody like boss me around like tell me like what to do and how to live my life. Oh man, I, I can't, can't do it. That's why I look like this. <laughs> well, they probably still hire you. I mean, a lot of people wear collared shirts, I guess, turtlenecks and so forth. When I lived in Norway, like all, everyone had tattoos. Didn't make a difference what line of work you're in. But my friend who worked at the tattoo parlor answering the phones, like part-time, worked at the bank part-time. And she's there yeah. with the turtleneck and the long sleeve. Well, you always have to wear long sleeves there, but um cool. yeah it's way even in the summertime and she's there at the bank i'm like wait a second this is like a full 360 what's your sign again what, what was your star sign i'm cancer yeah you're not working a nine to five going there day to day it's, no. like, it's like living in a white i'd have, have to wear a scuba suit <laughs> Did you? i said i would have to wear a scuba suit oh yeah well you know that's right <laughs> it's different hey you know what what's up with inclusivity people seriously right. is this what you always wanted to do is something physical or what did you really want to do when you wanted to grow up or if you grew up um, honestly whenever i was like real real little i thought that i would work with animals um like i i volunteered at the zoo and worked at the zoo for a couple of years when i was younger and um then you know found tattooing um and uh, whenever i started like whenever i first started tattooing is whenever i was introduced to brazilian jiu-jitsu and um that's like what what sparked my uh initial first like 
first want to, to train um, was in the tattoo shop, actually. So it's kind of funny that tattooing brought me to jujitsu and it actually brought me to pro wrestling too because I was watching pro wrestling one day and I ended up tattooing a guy and he was like, oh, you like pro wrestling? And I was like, yeah, I would really love to train to be a pro wrestler. And he was like, oh, well, I, I do pro wrestling. Like, here's where I train at come this weekend. And so I went that weekend and then the rest is history. But it's all from tattooing that, uh, that basically brought me into jujitsu and brought me into pro wrestling. So it's, it's kind of like full circle type deal. But, um, but yeah, uh, in, in the tattoo shop, I started uh, learning about uh, jujitsu and I also started watching pride when I was younger as well. So like I watched pro wrestling and I watched pride uh, like as a, a young girl and I was watching like Fedor and Kazushi Sakuraba and I was like, oh man, I want to learn. I want to learn catch wrestling. And then like Sakuraba was, um, he was a pro wrestler and like his entrances were always like badass to me in pride. So like, all of the theatrics from pro wrestling he brought into shoot fighting. So that's uh, that's what it brought me into looking into doing pro wrestling after watching Sakuraba. That's really interesting because I would look at uh, Japanese wrestling magazines. I see the girls. Those girls were brutal. I think There's they're like leading over there before us, huh? Yeah, for sure. They're so sick. I, I want to go to Japan so bad. That's my that's my ultimate goal since I first started pro wrestling was to go wrestle in Japan. It's so different. Like I was watching um, Dark. I finally, finally, finally started watching Dark Side of the Ring after all these years. Like I didn't want to watch it. <laughs> then they'd ask right. me to be on it and I turned it down. I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to go on there talking bad about the man that actually got me into wrestling. I just can't do that. Yeah, so you see the Japanese fans, and they're just there, like, oh, oh, and it's this whole other world. Ribera really Steakhouse. So yeah. maybe I think you'll get to Japan one day. I hope so. Thank you, thank you. That's the goal, man. That's the goal. So, <laughs> Did you ever end up going to Brazil with the jujitsu? Um, no, not yet. But uh, actually, Hoist Gracie is coming to Tampa um, in a couple of weeks, and I'm I'm gonna go to his seminar here. <laughs> so that's the closest that I'll get to Brazil right now. <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, there's so many opportunities. When I was living in Scandinavia, Ted Wong had these um, Jeet Kune Do uh, seminars there. So oh, people would leave Norway and it was just like small. It's a really nerdy thing. It was like a very small uh, set of us that would go there. So I was taking JKD when I was younger and then I took it as I got older. And it's just like a harder thing to really understand. Now, what do you have a belt in your system? Uh, yeah, I'm a blue belt with four stripes, so I'm fixing to get my purple belt any day now. Well, <laughs> well what's your worst fear in all of this? Because between like the shoot, between the, let's say, let me rephrase this, not shoot fighting, between the pro wrestling and between the um, grappling and so forth, do you ever get scared something's going to happen? Oh, for sure. Um, I'm really careful about who I roll with in jujitsu because, like, uh, I'll, I'll only like roll with people I know. Um, I try not to like mess with like the newcomers to the gym just because, like, I don't want to get hurt. And um, at the level that I'm at, I need people that like understand jujitsu, not just people that are just trying it for like the trial week. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I've I've 
taught like the kids classes and stuff before so like i i understand like all of like <laughs> the freshness to jujitsu and how people like have to actually understand and grasp like what you're actually trying to do in the game rather than just use their strength on you and like end up accidentally hurting you just because they don't know what they're actually doing so i try to i try to stay away from from the kids that are like bigger than me. <laughs> yeah. They're they're making them big these days, man. <laughs> are they? Is it the diet or is it just the stuff? <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, who knows? <laughs> it's really scary because you watch so many of these. Like who trained you in Florida? Uh Jay Lethal trained me oh. in wrestling. Yeah. Awesome. He's so great. Yeah. Well, yeah, tell him I said hi when you see him again. For his I, I'm going to see him later today. I'm going to tattoo him. I'm sure he's excited about that. It's going to be awesome. I'm afraid of needles. Like, I have gotten so many tattoos. I think the worst one was the one on my foot. Yeah, for sure. And I'll tell you, when I went to Norway, it was um, my friend had her store, like, moved several times. So it was in the basement area of a beautiful clothing store. So you have like families and everything. I'm like, shit, don't fucking touch me. I'll kick you in the cunt. Blah, blah, blah. I just went off and off. People are just looking like, okay, this is probably not the best place to do this. So I don't know how people, what do you do with chickens? Like, what if you didn't know me and I came into your place for a tattoo and I'm there cussing? Uh, do you have anything for people like me? <laughs> uh, Well, normally, like, I mean, our, our tattoo shop is like a, a real tattoo shop so it's not like any of that would really like it, it wouldn't matter if you were gonna do any of that like everybody at my shop is pretty we're, we're all pretty cool we've all known each other for like 15 years so it's uh it's it's pretty relaxed pretty chill but um yeah normally like i know all of my clients that get tattoos from me um, because like I'm, I'm, I'm appointment only, so I don't really do walk-ins right now just because with my wrestling schedule, like I have to be appointment only cause I'm gone like a lot of the time and then I need to train a lot. And so I need to have, you know, certain days I do this, certain days I do that. So I have to really like, uh, schedule out my time. So yeah, I, I pretty much, I, I know most, mostly the people that I tattoo pretty, pretty well. Um, and you know, if, if they, uh, if they're a little scared or something, if they need to go like get some liquid courage and then as long as they can fill out their paperwork, we're good. <laughs> That's the worst. I, when I was in Brazil, I have a Sepultura tattoo, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like the most Brazilian tattoo. And, um, I sh uh, it took him probably close to two hours to do it. Cause I just kept moving. I wouldn't sit still. I was hung over. My black flag tattoo took like no time to do. That was easy. Yeah. But the foot and the ankle, like the, the worst ones ever. Um, I don't think I would. I, the only other thing I want is on my ribs. So my neck didn't hurt. There was a spider web with, uh, with Black Widow. So that's fine. Uh, but yeah. I'm not doing, I mean, the ribs are, I, I'm just very ticklish. So who knows what will happen. Ribs are not, they're not very fun. Oh, really? <laughs> Lidocaine. Yeah. Lidocaine. Yeah. You'll have to get have to get up on that <laughs> telling you so do people so it's, it's kind of a weird question i have jumbled up and i'm just thinking because this early my mind is my mind operates but it doesn't operate and i say a lot of foul mouth things sometimes so i have to you know somehow filter it um so so do you have any aspirations of 
did like when you started wrestling did you want to go to wwe did you want to go to one of these companies and what did you think of working for xpw when you first came in um i mean obviously like i had heard about xpw a little bit here and there um just like through the grapevine and stuff and uh i don't know if it wasn't for schlack i probably wouldn't have come over there but um you know schlack looks out for me he's like a big brother to me uh i love that dude um shout out to schlack <laughs> uh no he's he's just a, a good person and so like i kind of like trust uh his judgment on people and bookings and whatnot so um you know I, obviously whenever you start pro wrestling like everybody wants to get signed like i think it, it's stupid for you to not want to reach the top of the game in what you're trying to do like if you're not trying to be the best at what you do then why are you doing it you know um obviously the the bigger the stage um the more eyes i can get on what i'm trying to do and so yeah i, I would love to be signed like who, who wouldn't love to be signed um as far as like where uh you know i'm not picky <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's something that I could learn uh, no matter where I'm at, and there's people to learn from that are amazing. They're fucking legends in the sport at all of these places. So no matter where I wind up, I know that there's going to be some brains for me to pick and some good conversations to be had. So that's that's all I really care about is uh, is learning every day um, how to better myself in my craft. That's a very good way to look at things. When did you start training though? Um, I started training pro wrestling uh, like seven years ago. Okay. That's a pretty long time. It's um, it's a grueling, it's very grueling. You know, yeah. the first one I did it, I didn't know you can't take a diuretic and uh, you know, feel safe running the ropes. We were training in a ring outside and it was not fun. It was like really warm and I had an original glow girl who trained me. Okay. She was trained by Mula. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you can oh. imagine what that was like. I'm like, okay, this is just really, but I stuck with it because it yeah. was fun. But because of my size, you know, it's fine. I'll just you get used as a manager. Fine. That's great. Um, but it's, it's a definitely, it's a changed world now. And this isn't where I thought I'd see pro wrestling. What are some of the things you'd like to see more of today? Not necessarily in XPW, but just in pro wrestling in general, like with AEW or these other companies that are out there. Um, obviously I want to see the girls get more time because we're, we're starting to get more time, but like, I'd like to see, you know, more than well, one or two matches, <laughs> out of the show or females you know like you gotta think of all the females on each roster and then you know you're, we're all you're all fighting to be seen and you know then they're using the same people over and over again so like that not like not everybody really gets a chance to shine so like i don't know i would like to to see my friends that are up there i would like to see them get more time in the spotlight because that's like what really makes me happy is like seeing like people that I care about get opportunities and seeing them excel in those opportunities. Yeah. There's so many things you learn about that you want after watching dark side of the ring. Like I take it with a grain of salt, but I sort of absorb some of the things I do, you know, see and hear on there. 
because after all, it's just Vice TV. But that, that's a lovely way to look at things. I want my friends to succeed. And that, that's important because in this sport, it's very uh, it's very competitive. Do you have any thoughts on tough enough things like that that help people boost their careers? Yeah, I think that um, things like that are pretty important because, like I said uh, earlier, like just to get more eyes on us, uh, anything helps really. And tough enough is like one of those things that really helps people get an eye on you early on in your career. And, um, you know, like uh, Shotzi, she she was on tough enough. And now look at her, like, she's killing it. Like, she's she's my biggest inspiration in pro wrestling. Because, like, I knew her before she was signed. And, like, since she's gotten signed and, like, blown, like, she's blown up. And she's still, like, sweet Shotzi, you know? Like, she's still, like, as sweet as she could be. And, like, just, like, the most humble person. And, um, yeah. And, and she started out at Tough Enough. So, it's uh it's one of those things where it's like i also think that it helps bring a bigger a wider audience to what we're doing kind of like uh you know like um ink master like la ink like all of those things like they helped bring tattooing to a wider platform and um i think that those kind of things are, are necessary nowadays because people rely so much on reality tv to get their news um so th- those kind of shows are, are really important nowadays. Did you try to get an Ink Master? Uh, no, I turned it down. Really? <laughs> Why? Yeah. You're the second person I know that said that, that they want turned it down. I was married at the time, and um, my husband wasn't really okay with me being on TV or um, in the public eye. So, yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of people like that out there in the world, unfortunately. It's really easy for, like, if anyone ever says guys don't get jealous of girls, and I'm not talking about a guy that's transitioned to a woman being jealous of another woman. I'm talking about a guy that's still a guy. They're, they always get jealous, especially when girls do better. And tattooing is a very, like, it's a specific eye. Did you like any specific um, regular artists growing up, like Monet, Renoir, Pissarro, or anything like that? Did you study art at any point? Um, I, I'm... <laughs> On and off, I studied art, but um, I'm, I mostly, like, studied, uh, like, I did cartooning a little bit. Um, I did ceramics. Um, and then, like, obviously, like, I've drawn, like, my, my whole life. Um, so I've done, like, weird, like, artsy things, like, throughout my whole life. I've, I've, like, done, like, taxidermy and, like, all sorts of crazy shit. But, um yeah, uh, growing up, like, I always looked to, like, uh, comic book artists, like Alex Ross. And, um, you know, my favorite artist growing up was Frank Frazetta. Um, I loved Frank Frazetta. He did all, like, the Molly Hatchet album covers, like, all, like, the super metal-looking ones. Um, I uh, basically, like, drew most of how I draw my females based off of how Frank Frazetta drew his females. And like, I think that how he drew his females is like, like the ultimate like sexiness to how females should look like. Uh, He would add like an extra 10 or 15 pounds to each of the models that that he was drawing, make them extra curvier. (laughs) Yeah, I remember the name. I ended up like, I always wanted to be in heavy metal magazine as a kid. 
So I finally got on a cover, like a couple of covers. So I was like, yeah, this is cool. Finally, yeah, I'm in heavy metal. So yeah, my aspirations have been met for the most part. I haven't run for president yet. So that's like the next aspiration, but I don't, that's not going to happen. Oh, <laughs> I, know. I live one for you. <laughs> I'm trying one of these days, but yeah, but it's such a different, I think people think it's so easy to get into wrestling, like with this bar wrestling. Have you heard about bar stool wrestling or just wrestling? Have you seen uh-huh. those at all? They have no, matches about? where people just do the wrestling matches at a bar, like in a bar. Huh. And they're no, not, not these are normal wrestlers as well. Not normal. Oh, okay. No, I haven't seen this. Huh. Flashback to taxidermy. What is that like? Uh it's wild, man. Um obviously like I I hunt, I fish. Um, so everything I like every I use every part of the animal. That's where the taxidermy stuff comes into play. Um, just because like I don't want you know, any of the animal to go to waste because then I feel like it died for like the wrong reasons type deal. So, uh, yeah, the first, the first animal I ever taxidermied was a rabbit and, um, I posted like to suck it, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, taxidermy was wild. It was pretty fun. Um, it's definitely an interesting medium when it comes to art. <laughs> People look at you a little bit differently when you tell them you do taxidermy. <laughs> That's cool. I had a friend that was a mortician, and um, she's actually she she sings in a heavy metal band. But it's a it's an art form too, I guess, because you're doing makeup on people and someone's loved one. Um, yeah. And I would assume that with taxidermy, it's someone's loved pet. I would imagine it's lucrative. No, is that a lucrative? Uh, I don't. I didn't do it for money. I just did it because I wanted to learn the art of it. Um, and I wanted to like, uh, it was part of like me learning how to like preserve, uh, the pelts and stuff too. So yeah, it was just something to learn. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if I get angry at my cat later, he'll be, uh, he'll be coming your way to Florida to get taxidermed. If he off. No, I would never do that. I, I don't know if I could, I mean, he's so, I hope he outlives me because he's like the sweetest thing in the world. And like every morning when I look at his eyes, it's like, okay, that's why I'm alive. That's why I'm like, I live for this just to see those eyes. Like, hi, then he starts bothering me for food and shit. Then it's like, he doesn't want to eat his food. You know, I feel that way about my little potato, Cecilia, my little, my little chihuahua. Oh. I don't know where she's at right now, but I call her my potato. But yeah, I tell her every day, I'm like, you got to outlive me because I can't do this shit without you. <laughs> it's way I too know. You got to bring her to a show one day. Seriously, that would be fun. I um I have brought her to shows before. Oh. She's actually valeted me to the ring before. <laughs> <laughs> she's a she's a good little she's a good little managing potato. <laughs> That's so cute. Now we give her a little small a mini Singapore's cane, like a tiny one to go. Oh, God, she she would love that. <laughs> I like all types of animals. I think the reason why a lot of people, you know, gravitate towards animals is they don't judge you and they just accept you for everything. It's just like a little kid in a way, like a small unharmed kid. They just, you know, they don't judge you. You're just playing with them. Yeah, exactly. All they know is like face value, you know? Exactly. And it's a fun, it's a, it's a great way to live. I just wish the world would kind of like go back there, but it's okay. So right. people want to, um, 
actually book you. Do you take a lot of bookings actually, or do you like? Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I'm starting to take more bookings. I had, uh, I had like, um, some like pretty like terrible shit happened last year. So I kind of like, uh, I was dealing with a death, um, close to me. So I like, didn't, I wasn't taking, uh, bookings, um, towards like the end of the year too much, but now, um, at the beginning of 2023, I'm taking more bookings and, uh, everything like that. So if you want to reach out to me, um, hit me up on Twitter or on Instagram at the Florida ma'am, or you can email me at lovely snow at gmail.com. And if you send dick photos, she will post it with a link to your home address and I'll probably find your phone number somehow. Then we'll call your <laughs> wife and let her know what you're doing. I hate it when you guys do that. The amount of people I put on glass, it's like ridiculous. I'm pretty lucky with um, my fans. They've been pretty, pretty respectful, honestly, like, especially lately, like uh, they've been really nice honestly like I, i've had really really cool fans that have just like reached out to me and like told me like you know that what i'm doing means something to them and like they hope that i don't stop and that's like that's honestly like way better than like anything else you know like i thankfully like i haven't gotten any dick photos <laughs> in a while <laughs> um i just got like a lot of like encouraging uh, messages which um honestly is the reason like why i've been able to come back so soon um so i just wanted to say thank you to everybody for all of like the support and all like the love um thank you guys without you guys i definitely would not be here today <laughs> i admire everything you do especially the tattoos and also just the deathmatch wrestling that's why <laughs> i was wondering does she take a lot of bookings because i would imagine some people you know would want to book you out like every weekend, but it's a tough thing just on the body alone. Yeah, for sure. I definitely, uh, I'm not going to be doing death matches every weekend, but if you want to book me for regular shows every weekend, I'm down multiple shows every weekend. Let's do this shit. Let's, uh, let's make 2023 the year of the Kaiju and merchandise. Maybe she'll have trading cards. You never know. Actually, I do have some trading cards left, uh, but I need some new ones because I got some more face tattoos. So, all right. <laughs> Well, no, I'll send you the message to the guy who does my lip print cards because they sell well. And I'm sure a lot of people would like that. It's a great way to, it's all about marketing. And one thing about wrestling fans is some of them are super smart and they don't miss a beat. Like that whole thing with the Rhino pile driver is still going around viral. And people are like, well, what happened to her? Is she alive? It's like, duh, dumb fuck. Yeah, I'm still here. I'm <laughs> my neck's still intact for now. But yeah, it's crazy. But they some of these guys never miss a beat with anything. And when you get these trading cards, it's like, you know, if one's the same as the other and like the information's the same. So some of them are pretty smart. And yeah. we love them for that. We love all of you for that. So I will yeah, post I your socials. Thank you for hopping on. And guys, don't forget to support and follow her on um, Instagram. It's the Florida ma'am. I'll post the uh, the links to it. She's also on Twitter. And XPW Wrestling will be back in Newark, New Jersey, January 20th, and in Pomona, California, um, in February, in the 18th. Are you signed to that? Are you going to be at all the shows? Or uh, I believe I will be. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, I will see you in New Jersey, and sit tight. Thanks for hopping on Crazy Train this week, guys, and I will see you boys and girls next week. <laughs> Are you enjoying the ride on my crazy train? Woo! 
Please make sure to rate and review Crazy Train Podcast. Take a screenshot. Send it to me in a DM via Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and I will send you a free goodie bag. Oh, and Crazy Train Podcast is now on YouTube. So subscribe, Crazy Train Podcast, that's with a K, on YouTube for video interviews and never heard before interviews and some really cool bonus content. Woo!